Amen. Um, I shared this with Lucille yesterday. To be honest with you, I really don't feel like preaching right now. <laughs> uh, you know, head still spinning, heart is breaking from uh, the news uh, of Jason's death. Um, but this is what Easter's about, isn't it? There's hope in the midst of a life that goes astray, a hope in the midst of death. This is the apostles gathered in the upper room on Friday, on Saturday, not understanding that, that Christ is to be raised. And I think this is what Easter is about. Easter's not for all the fun that the, the baskets and the bunnies and the colored eggs and the chocolate candies, as much fun as that is for the kids, we know that is not what Easter's about. It is this firm belief, this bold proclamation and conviction that the church has and that the church makes that death is not the end of the story. It's tested at a time like this, <laughs> but because Christ lives, we believe we too shall live. And so the Easter proclamation um, that Christ tramples down death by his death, that he has conquered the grave, that he goes ahead of us to prepare a place in the Father's house. All those scriptures that we know, uh, for those of us that know Joy, that know Jason, that know the family, it, it, oh, it becomes, um, we, we, we walk by faith today, uh, not, not by sight. And so I believe this with, with uh, my whole heart and pray that we all do with our whole hearts, but it is tested in a time like this. So I want to read from... Um, Revelation chapter 22 is the last chapter in the Bible, and this will be the last uh, message in this series on healing that we've talked about. The very last chapter of the Bible talks about healing. So Lord, hear us as we pray, as we turn to your word, speak a message of hope and life and grace and truth. May this Easter joy settle even deeper than the troubles that we feel and face in this world. And so come Holy Spirit, be our teacher. Give us ears to hear and eyes that see, but most of all, hearts that understand and believe as we pray in the name of our risen Lord Christ. Amen. Now the first five verses of chapter 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and His servants will serve Him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Friends, this is God's word. <clears throat> okay, we began our study and, and reflection on healing Three months ago, it was the second Sunday in January, 
uh, amid a time of uh, great upheaval. Upheaval in our nation, upheaval in our world. And I would say in three months, not a whole lot has changed. (laughs) We have studied healing and we've talked and talked and and preached on healing, and yet the world remains um, in, in great need. The tumultuous changes in our society, uh, the pandemic, tragic shootings have unfolded in these past three months. There have been great loss of life. Without knowing what was going to happen over the next three months as we uh, dove into the scriptures and talked about a time to heal, I knew I wanted to land here the Sunday after Easter, with chapter 22 of the book of Revelation. John's heavenly vision. A lot of folks stay away from this book. It's like, ah, it's scary. There's monsters there. Uh, And there are monsters there. (laughs) But it's a a book full of hope, uh, full of of, um, strength, uh, full of life. And so I want to set the Easter message And I want to set this this teaching on healing in the widest possible frame. The tendency is when we think about healing, we've talked a lot about the healing of our own lives, the healing of our bodies, our emotions, our relationships. Um, And and we should talk about that. We should pray about that. And we should think about that, rightly so. But if we set the, the, the healing message in its widest possible frame, We understand that for all of our concern and care for our own lives and the lives of loved ones, God's healing work is really a work of global perspective. It is a universal work of healing and salvation that God is engaged in. And so, as we read these few verses, you might have heard some echo. There's a tree of life. It's like we're in a garden. There's this language of a curse. What, what story is, is the illusion made to here? It's back to Genesis. We have come full circle in the Bible. <laughs> Genesis 1 and 2 and 3 open in the garden with God creating, placing the man and woman there. There is a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There is a tree of life. Sadly, we know they take of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil against God's will and against God's wishes. They plunged the world into misery and chaos. The curse, as as we talk about it theologically. And so, this reference to the curse. And And so, there's this garden restored picture that we have here in chapter 22. The tree of life, that last we visited it, it was being guarded vigilantly by an angel with a flaming sword. Adam and Eve were ushered out of the garden to live east of Eden. So if you ever hear me use that phrase, east of Eden, we're talking about life outside of the presence of God, outside of the garden. And then this angel with a flaming sword is guarding the way back lest they take hold of the tree of life and live forever in that corrupted state. And so, out of grace, God sent them away. So that's the last we saw, the tree of life, and here we have the tree of life. 
Ah, once guarded, now open. On, on both sides of this river and bearing crops every month. And so it's not just a tree, it's an orchard, right? And the orchard is open for picking. <laughs> hmm. And this promise that is made to one man in the beginning of the story, Genesis chapter 12, a, a promise made to Abraham and his family, now has come to fulfillment. All nations get in on this. Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and through you, I'm going to bless all peoples. And so we see now the fulfillment of that promise to Abraham with everything in between Genesis and Revelation telling us how that came about. But here we see the fulfillment of the promise. The healing of the nations is now underway. And I was thinking about the, the the scriptures it's really a tale of three trees isn't it the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that Adam and Eve took from and plunged them and their family and the human family into chaos and misery there's that tree and then there is the the tree on which Jesus died the, the healing tree, the, the, the tree of redemption and salvation, but a tree of suffering and sorrow. That was two weeks ago in our Holy Week celebration. And now this tree of life, it's flourishing. It, it's, it's fruitful, it's abundant. Um, there's hope, there's restoration. And the leaves of that tree are for the healing of the nations and there will be no more curse. And so it's really the tale, it's a tale of three trees. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree where treachery and treason took place, the tree of Christ's suffering and shame and sorrow, and then the tree of life abounding with fruit. A couple observations about this, and then we're going to think theologically about and how to apply all this. The word healing here, interestingly, so our Bible is in English. It's translated from the Greek. The Greek word standing behind our word healing is therapeion, which sounds a lot like therapy, right? We know that word. Therapeion, we don't know so much, but therapy, oh, our English word therapy comes from the Greek, which means to mend, to restore, to put back together. To heal. Mm -hmm. and, and so this is different than that word that does double duty with salvation and healing. We've talked about that. This is the leaves of the tree or for the therapy of the nations. Hmm. Interesting. When we think therapy, we think prescriptions often, right? You go to the sure. doctor, you might go to the physical therapist. Therapy is, speaks of the remedy the antidote, <laughs> the, the thing you need in order to become whole again. I would offer that the healing of the nations taking place through leaves of a tree sounds a little odd to our ears. That doesn't sound like much of a remedy. That sounds a little bit like, you know, some folks are into herbal medicine or homeopathic medicine. And there's nothing wrong with that. God has built a world in such a way. 
but you mean to say that the way the world gets healed is through taking some of the leaves of that tree and grinding them up and are they put together into a tea and do we drink it or do we eat I mean it isn't told us I think there's actually some imagery going on here uh, the remedy that God prescribes for the healing of the nations doesn't sound like the remedies that the world pursues. How does the world pursue remedies? What is the, how do we come at, how is the world trying to fix the problems of the world? Well, we do. I mean, you're right. We, we try to fix everything because we think we have the power. Hmm. You know, we're, I hate to say it, but we really are self-absorbed. And we're well, so I am, I'll say that. Yeah, so and we're so centric, you know, everything is about me. Um, and so we think that we can solve everything. You yeah. know, we can even I can get to heaven, I can do good works, I'll be a good person. Yeah. That'll do it, which basically says, I don't, I don't need the cross. Yeah. But the only thing that bridges the gap between us and God and brings us to life back in the garden before the curse. Hmm. is through that tree that's that's it and it's not through our good works or our philosophies or anything yeah. like that but we try to and, come up with our and own imagine remedy. going what are we 40 minutes away from dc on a good day and trying to say hey i've got some leaves of a tree and i think that's going to make things better but the world under, you know, we got ourselves into this mess. Well, and then we can get ourselves out, exactly. right? That's the, the human way. We, mm -hmm. can, we can think our way through it. And so we tend to think in terms of political solutions or economic solutions. Um, sadly, at times, we think in terms of relying on the military and, 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 and warfare as the way to, to fix things. But the apostles thought that too. Boom, took the sword immediately. Yes, that's what they thought. Peter immediately took the sword. Jesus said, put it away. You live by the sword, you're going to die by that sword, right? Uh, technology, we live in such a technologically advanced age. And so we think in terms of, uh, much of our world thinks in terms of technological or educational solutions. If we can just educate people in the right way, we're going to solve our human problems. <clears throat> I would offer that 2,000 years of human progress, and there has been significant human progress, and I do not belittle uh, this, but 2,000 years of human progress has not remedied the human condition. It has not eradicated the curse. It has not addressed the problem of the grave. And so the remedy that is offered here at the end of the story the remedy of the leaves of that tree, that tree of life, of the healing of the nations, that remedy is not what we would expect. It's not what we would pursue. It's not what we would prescribe. We would come at things so very differently, and we do. And at times we see the futility, and at times we probably make, make some things worse. Um, and then we need to talk about this word nations. The, the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. <clears throat> now, when you hear nations, what do you think of? America, mm -hmm. what else? Russia, Brazil, China, Myanmar. Okay, Myanmar's sure. on our mind. You know, Burma, Myanmar mm -hmm. because of Austin and, and Sinte. 
we think territories, we think borders, we think, uh, you know, governments with flags and uh, parliaments and congresses or however we think, um, we think geopolitical nation states, if I could say it that way, right? We hear the word nation and we think, well, like United Nations, right? Anybody know how many nations there are right now? The, the, depending on who you talk to, okay, you might get one or two difference, whether or not you recognize the Vatican or not, okay, interesting, or Taiwan or not. Any guesses? How many think it's more than a thousand? More than 500? More than 200? 193 to 195, depending on what source you go to. Really? You're telling me 7 billion people fit into 195 countries or nations? Okay, the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Is that, when the, when, when the scriptures are speaking of the healing of the nations, is it these 195-ish distinct geopolitical states? No. The word that sits behind our English word nation here is ethne. It's the same word when Jesus commissioned his disciples, go uh, and... Uh, go to all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything. Pantata ethne, all of the nations. Ethne, that's where we get our word ethnic. Ethnic groups. Some researchers uh, that are involved in Christian missions, missiologists is what we call them, missiologists define the ethne with distinct ethno-linguistic. They've got a certain culture, they've got a distinct language, uh, kind of a bloodline that will tie them together, something that makes a group us and others them. How many ethne are there? How many nations are there missiologically? How many think more than a thousand? Okay, more than 500? Okay, I'm not seeing any hands. Are you raising your hands at home, people? How many think more than 10,000? 17-ish thousand distinct nations. Ethne. So one of the sites I was uh, looking at this week to understand this more fully said like the nation of Pakistan has 400 distinct ethne people groups in them. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations, not the 195, the 17,000. Because it's languages that keep us apart, it's customs, it's skin color, it's all of those things that we hear about in our own country, right? Because of the curse, because of sin, we look at people who look different than us, sound different than us, or dress different than us, or somehow eat different food than us. We look at them as strangers. There's 17,000 of those. And the leaves of the tree. Jesus Christ is healing, restoring, remedying, bringing all of those back together. That's what's happening. Ah. That makes the story sound different here. 
So what God's about in His great purposes for salvation, it's not that God, God is not committed to saving America or Brazil or Zambia or New Zealand, four of the 195 nations. The purposes of God are not to save America. The purposes of God are to heal and to save and to restore tribes and languages and distinct peoples within America and Brazil and Zambia and New Zealand and Pakistan and Myanmar. That's what God is about. It's not trying to save America, it's not trying to save Brazil, it's not trying to save Russia or, or Israel. Or, it is trying to save people from every language, tribe, nation. Let me read Revelation chapter 5. Jason, we don't have that one on the screen. We do not have it on there, unfortunately. I didn't put it on. This is the new song that is sung to the Lamb who is worthy. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased men from, for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. And so God is, is building a new family. And, and he's joining them together. The healing of the nations is, is bringing 17,000 distinct people groups into one family. We've reached about 11,000 of them so far. There's 6,000 people groups who've yet to hear of Jesus, who've yet to have the scriptures, who've yet to have somebody tell them Christ is risen risen indeed, that he has died on the cross. Mm. And so the purposes of God are to make out of all of these distinct peoples one family. Joined together not by skin color or by language or by tribal custom, but by faith in Jesus Christ. And so that is what God is doing. And there's only one way to get in on this. There's only one way to get it on it. it. It's to take that fruit, to take the, the leaves from that tree. And that's the metaphor. That's, that's the image. And you pointed to it. It's only through Christ. Now, so you spent time on the mission field. So talk about that. I mean, in terms of your own experience with, you know, being a white Westerner in Eastern uh, Europe. Sure, and, sure. Very different. Um, but... And I should say, but, but you, you mentioned about what God is doing with the people groups and he's breaking the barriers. Yeah. And that's what it is. He's, he's tearing apart all the barriers and instead he is, and by doing it, he's working on our hearts. He's melting our hearts mm. as our hearts turn to him. Mm. It breaks the barriers and that's what he is about. That is what he's doing as opposed to in some countries where it's legislated hmm. well you cannot hate this group or you cannot hate that group or whatever and so the nations hmm. the country the governments are trying to do what god is about through legislature and god wants to change the 
God wants to change the So the, the remedy hearts. that governments do are trying to legislate away the curse. Exactly. That's Guess what, what you cannot do. do. <laughs> you, cannot you cannot legislate do away the curse. But at the end of the day, when you meet people who are different than you, when they look different, when they eat different foods, or they dress differently, speak a different language, who created them? Yeah. Amen. And it's God has created them. And Jesus Christ went to the cross for them, not yeah. just for Americans. Yeah. Yeah. But for everyone. And so you see that as you travel in other countries and you meet people of different ethnicities, you see how they're different and you can enjoy each other's differences because that's part of God's creativity. But that is how God is breaking down the barriers Amen. through the human heart. So we the, don't understand. Paul that. wrote in, in Ephesians chapter 2 that he made peace through the cross breaking down the dividing wall of hostility between Jew and Gentile. That was the primary that was racial difference in the, in the biblical framework. You were either Abraham's family or you were not. And Christ uh, broke that down. And the early church, and, and I would say the church today, still struggles to get all that right. Right, the uh, prejudice to, was intense yeah. in the early church. So our Easter proclamation, He is risen. He is not just risen for me. He's risen for all. And our healing reflection is that he came to, yes, heal our bodies, souls, minds, relationships, but he came to heal the world broken apart by sin. And so we live into that Easter call. We live into that, that Easter message, this gospel vision. When we look at all people, as those whom God has made and Christ has redeemed. And we love them and we care for them and we extend mercy and kindness and grace and hopefully this message of, of, of life to them. And, and so the, the way we get in on the leaves of the tree, it is, I think this tree somehow mysteriously, all three trees are somehow tied together. That Jesus died on the treacherous tree, He took sin, but I think that tree of the cross becomes the healing tree, doesn't it? And all who look to Jesus find their hope and their salvation. So, let's pray. Father, be pleased to pour forth from that river. Father, be pleased to give to us and to loved ones the grace to reach out and pluck that fruit from the tree of life. And how it is that you take the leaves of that tree and make them to be for our healing and salvation. Or let us drink of that tea. <laughs> let us eat of that sweet, sweet meal. And so for loved ones and friends and ourselves, we pray that we might live into this heavenly vision. And we yearn for that day when the curse is removed finally, fully, forever when your kingdom has come finally, fully, and forever, and there is no more sorrow, there is no more sighing, no more pain, no more death, and all tears are wiped away. Until then, Lord, keep us vigilant as witnesses for Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.